0: Hello and welcome to the Skytime podcast with me, Simon Cousins. This is the podcast that aims to share information and experiences within the Sky community during the COVID-19 crisis. In the week that the UK government announced some minor lifting of lockdown rules, Skytime can start to look at the transition towards the next phase of the crisis and celebrate the people, places and providers that make Sky such a great place to live, work and visit. Now is certainly not the time to be inviting visitors to Sky. We're a long way behind the rest of the UK in the crisis and our thoughts are with those affected by the outbreak at the Home Farm Care Home. We know that we may never get back to a pre-Covid normality, but there will be a recovery and it's something that we have to start planning for. My guest this week is the Chief Executive of Visit Scotland, Malcolm Roughhead. Welcome to the Skytime podcast. Thank you. I'm sure you'd want to join me in sending your thoughts and sympathies to all those affected by COVID-19 on Sky.
1: Oh, absolutely, Simon. On behalf of myself and all of my colleagues at Visit Scotland, our thoughts are with all of those uh, staff and residents and uh, we wish them well.
0: Now, before we look to the future, I just want to spend a few minutes looking back at the start of this crisis. When you first saw the images from Wuhan, did you have any notion of the impact that this would have on the global travel industry?
1: To be fair, I don't think anyone knew what the scale of, of, of this would be. What we, what we had done, though, is when we, when we looked at uh, Wuhan, because China was one of the markets that we were developing, we were looking at at the impact of, believe it or not, just Chinese travellers not being able to come to to Scotland uh, and what that would mean for us. And then, obviously, once the the virus took hold and and the the enormity of of the situation took place, uh, what we then did as an organisation was um, we we looked to our crisis uh, planning which we, we've put in, uh, into action over a number of years, from 2001, you know, with 9-11 and foot and mouth and all the way down. And uh, again, uh, we were able to, to look at uh, what, the, what the impact would then be on international travel in general to, to Scotland uh, and on a number of the events that, that visit Scotland were either attending or were hosting uh, within the country. Uh, And that then had to be ramped up even further, uh, obviously, when uh, COVID-19 reached these uh, shores uh, and we went into lockdown and uh, working from home.
0: How devastating was it to have to cancel, for example, Visit Scotland Expo, because that's the the big sales event of the year?
1: Yeah, it's it's a setback, but, you know, ultimately, um, you know, we'll come back from that. And uh, what we have managed to do, is use technology. And I think that's been one of, one of the, the really interesting aspects is just how technology has evolved and how people who would probably run a mile from, you know, sort of Zooming and uh, timing are now experts, you know. So um, we, we've been using webinars. We've been using e-marketplace to make sure that uh, suppliers and buyers are connected so that um, as much as, as it can do, business carries on albeit down the line in the future.
0: But how concerned were you, are you, that at the end of the crisis, you might not have much of a tourism industry to promote because businesses are under serious pressure?
1: They are, and and our job is really um, to to try and help the whole industry get through to the other side. And that's um, as much as we can do in, in terms of, Direct support, but also indirect support, working with enterprise agencies, local authorities, destination management organisations. I think also it is about the resilience of the industry. The tourism industry has gone through you know major crises over many, many uh, years, and it's always bounced back. Unfortunately, there have been some heartbreaking stories of businesses collapsing uh, overnight. But the underlying strength of, of the industry is there. And we see that in, in the research that, that we do. We see it in terms of the uh, social sentiment, the uh, uh, tracking that, that we run in international markets. And and also just um, people who use our uh, social channels and posting saying, I haven't cancelled, I'm just postponing. So, you know, the, the sentiment is positive. The underlying strength of the industry is there. We've just got to get through this.
0: The furlough scheme has been extended until October, but many hotels may not open again this year. Will they make it through another winter into the season of 2021?
1: Well, there's a a whole suite of support packages out there. It's not just the furlough scheme. And, of course, the extension of that uh, was welcomed by the the industry. There's no doubt some of them won't make it through. But uh, I, I think, you know, generally speaking... There are some that are still open, obviously for essential workers, and uh, you know the, those those that are, are well in good shape going into this are battered and bruised. There's absolutely no doubt about it. But the the sentiment coming from uh, those in the in the industry is that you know they, they'll come back.
0: I saw in uh, one of your recent publications that in america there's a a scheme to support hotels through the crisis with a a buy now stay later bond scheme you buy a voucher for a hundred dollars now and it's worth 150 dollars in 60 days time is that something worth trying here
1: it's an interesting one isn't it and and i'm not actually sure about the legalities around that in the in in the uk i know the 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 industry generally speaking has been pretty um innovative and creative in the way that they've, they've been trying to make sure that, you know, people will be coming. And so, as I mentioned, you know, postponing rather than cancelling. So they, they have allowed, you know, sort of flexibility around deposits. And and I think the interesting aspect of, of all of the, the, the packages is that the money is now beginning to flow out into, into the business. Uh, and, you know, whilst there's obviously been, you know, a, a, a number of hiccups in terms of, tardiness of payments you know i'm delighted that actually the money's now getting into their bank accounts
0: the scottish tourism emergency response group sterg has a a four-phase plan respond reset restart recovery we've been in the respond phase for weeks now when will we move to reset and and what does that involve
1: well we we are to a certain extent already in the reset Uh, and reset effectively is um, it's looking at the implications around, for example, guidance on social distancing, on sanita- sanitization, facilities, traffic flow management. Uh, so there's quite a lot of work actually going on at the moment, a by uh, organisations like the UK Hospitality Association, uh, working in conjunction with the Association of Visitor Attractions, also with the Scottish Licensed Trade Association is involved in that. Clearly, there's retail implications, so the retail consortium is involved. And the idea really is that the industry, who effectively know best how this is going to be implemented and what the implications would be, can actually feed into into the government, both governments' um, guidance, uh, and help shape what comes out of it. So that's, that's the reset side of it. And then uh, on the other side of it is outside of uh, bricks and mortar. You've also got when people go into say the national parks and how can we manage that in terms of do you look at temporary parking uh, places, uh, you know, do you enforce road closures in some places, uh, how do we keep people socially distant in, in that as well? Uh, transport providers are obviously looking at the implications for themselves. So what would social distancing look like on a commuter train? Also in terms of uh, buses, uh, the ferries, you know. So there's a lot of work that needs to go on before we're in a position to, to move to the next phase, which is the restart phase. And that, that in many ways is about pipe, pipeline filling. So it, it's about making sure that the supply chain is in place uh, and we're not talking about necessarily you know, sort of widget makers. We're talking about painter decorators, cleaners, uh, wholesalers, everyone who, who's part of the overall visitor economy supply chain. And that, that will take time as well. And, and some of the estimates are it could take four to six weeks before they're, they're fully geared up.
0: There's a lot of concern that demand for PPE and hand sanitizers, etc., will suddenly go through the roof and businesses will not be ready to reopen what steps are being taken to ensure that everyone gets the kit that they require to operate safely
1: well the the key there is actually about clear guidance and timelines so that you don't get a mad stampede overnight uh, and and that's exactly part of the the restart and uh, sorry the resetting so that we know what the demand will look like because the, there is a danger that um, you know, all of a sudden Everybody rushes out, again, as we saw at the beginning of, of the crisis, uh, and tries to stock up. So we need to avoid that. But you can do that through good planning.
0: And is there enough guidance at the moment for hotels and restaurants, etc., on how they will operate safely?
1: Well, that's exactly what they're, they're looking at now, and they're pulling that together. I think that there's a draft, uh, a voluminous draft, that's gone to, to governments. To have a look at so once the details emerge from that i think we'll be in a better place to know just exactly how how that'll operate
0: i've been reading about various schemes around the world clean schemes in the hospitality industry there's one in singapore for example are there plans for a, a sort of grading system in the uk a british standard kite mark to highlight businesses that are really really compliant with with all the best uh, methods of operating well
1: that's been mooted certainly uh, and I know it's under discussion at the moment. Uh, should there be something like a kite mark? I guess you get down into the the practicalities, which is how do, how do you implement it? How do you enforce it? Who enforces it? You know, is it a national thing? Is it a local thing? So the, the, there's you know the detail behind all of that needs to needs to be looked at. And if if you go down that route, why wouldn't you have a global one?
0: The fourth phase is recovery. Are you concerned about the impact on the industry of different timings for easing of restrictions between England and, and the rest of the UK, for example?
1: Yes, I, I don't, I don't think that was helpful. Um, mainly because it was no one was expecting it, and I go back to my you know sort of planning uh, and having pretty pretty clear uh, timelines around things because that way you can manage and uh, you, you can manage the flows. We know, or we will know what the capacity looks like. Uh, so other constraints in certain places? Now I, I suspect what will happen, it, it won't be pure uh, sequencing of this, but by and large, I suspect it will be day trips to begin with. I think people will want to stay relatively close to home, feel a bit securer, definitely want to go see friends and relatives give them a big hug and all of that, which they've not been allowed to do. You know, FaceTime's fine, but um, we, we are social animals. And uh, I think that then will will spread into, particularly people in Scotland staying in Scotland and, um, you know, having a, a break or, or their holiday here, which will roll into the wider UK vacation market. Um, Scotland's always had, you know, a high uh, proportion of visitors from, from the UK and I think that that will continue to grow, with international visitors taking quite some time to come back. Obviously, the introduction of fourteen day quarantine uh, is not something that, that you, you particularly want to to enter into when you're going on holiday. Plus, of course, routes have got to be uh, opened up again, and uh, I, I suspect you know it may well be into sort of Easter next year before we. We see a, a real recovery in, in that particular area.
0: Just coming back to domestic travellers, you referred in in your recent blog to people travelling with purpose. What, what do you mean by that?
1: Yes, it's it's quite an interesting one. Um, effectively, it's it's about going for a particular reason. You know, so specifically to to get away from you know the crowds or to to enjoy you know, uh, hill walking or whatever it is that, that they actually want want to do, rather than a random type of holiday where, you know, we'll see what we do when we get there. So uh, that's really what that meant.
0: And does that create a great opportunity for remote locations like Sky?
1: Yes, I think, I think uh, you know, our assets are, are pretty well known. Um, all the research that we do indicates that landscapes and seascapes but uh, right up there, the, the outdoors is, is particularly um, uh, desirable for visitors to, to Scotland. The, the, the challenge is that um, a lot of people will want to go back to, to their favorite places. So how do we manage that? How do we manage the volumes to make sure that we don't see overcrowding uh, in you know, the hot spots around the country? And that's about dispersing people up and down the country. So again, you know, we've got quite a lot of um, good analytics which indicate that if you're into hill walking and we know that that actually could get quite busy, why don't you go and try this one or go to to this place? So that we give people the options to, to actually do what it is that they want to do, just in a slightly different place.
0: Sky Connect has put a lot of work into their dispersal strategy. The work of the DMOs is going to be increasingly important. How are you supporting these local tourism organisations?
1: Well, we work, we work very closely with um, with all of the destination management uh, organisations and, and particularly in Sky with uh, Dave Till and Alice, Alistair Danta. Our support comes in a, in a number of forms. So it's either... Um, through our marketing and research teams, we can we can help with web audits, look at digital upskilling, look at content creation, so there's a bit of co creation of content. Uh, obviously, we have our own channels, so we're able to uh, allow people to to use our channel uh, social channels. The, there's a growth fund which um, uh, allows DMOs to uh, to tap into, you know, for um, localized um, marketing activity. And just recently, um, we've introduced a one-off fund for destination manage- management organisations and trade bodies who are suffering through a-, a loss of revenue because of a decline in membership, because those businesses are, are suffering hardship. So they're able to apply for funding from Visit Scotland to replace a- a- up to 50% of that revenue.
0: Coming back to the international market, which after all is your your principal role, there have been lots of predictions about when that market will recover, ranging from two to five years. Are you on the optimistic or the pessimistic side of that?
1: Uh, I think I think I'm on the realistic side. To be honest <laughs> with you, I can see the hurdles that are there. You know, in terms of travel uh, and. Our job, our challenge, is to make Scotland a desirable destination for not just visitors to come to, but for example, airlines to operate in and out of. Uh, we have very, very good relationships with a number of the the airlines, and uh, we've kept in contact with them throughout this whole period, just reminding them that we're here, that you know we're ready to work with them when they when they're ready. Uh, to, to fly back into the country but it will take time so I've seen some reports saying as you said you know two to three years some have said it might be a wee bit later than that the only people who really know how, how fast that will move will be the airlines themselves
0: and I assume that they're having to do a huge amount of planning work at the moment in terms of how they operate in terms of the configuration of what a, an aircraft looks like in the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And, you know, so will they go for smaller aircraft, more fuel-efficient aircraft? Uh, Well, you know, as you said, how many passengers will will be on it? Will the day of, you know, the Dreamliner be over or, you know, how is that going to work? So, you know, they're they're obviously considering this all the time and, uh, you know, clearly they they need to to operate at, at a level where they can reinvest. So they're going to be looking for where is demand strongest. Uh, And we know that um, Scotland has always been an attractive proposition for those that are flying in at the moment. Um, And it's up to us to try and make sure that that we can keep it that way.
0: And which countries do you anticipate will be the first to start returning to our shores?
1: I I suspect European countries. No one's talked about Brexit for a long time, which is probably quite a good thing. So we, we still need to see what the implications of that would be in terms of, of travel within Europe but I, I would imagine that uh, the strong European markets that we have will will re quicker than the long-haul markets.
0: We spoke at the very start of the, the interview about the Covid outbreak on, on Sky and the concern that there obviously is within the community how can we go about reassuring communities about the influx of visitors as things start to open up again?
1: Well, I guess there's no 100% reassurance until there's a vaccine. But what we can do and what, what I'm absolutely determined to do is is to make sure that, that the community interests are at the centre of what we do going forward because they, they are the heart and soul of what the tourism offer is. So everything that, that we do has to be done in conjunction with them. It has to be done sensitively. It has to be done sensibly. Uh, and that is uh, looking at the amenities, the facilities. I mean, there's some work that has gone on at the Old Man's Store in terms of looking at the amenities out there and the the, the parking places, motorhome facilities, et cetera. So all of that needs to be done in conjunction. I, w- I want communities to be, you know, owning and loving tourism. You know, I don't want them uh, to feel that it's being done to them.
0: And I guess we also need to encourage visitors to be in some way accountable for their own behaviour.
1: That's absolutely right. And, and I, I actually suspect after this, people will be much more aware of, um, you know, their, their surroundings. And uh, I suspect you mentioned the kite mark earlier, whether whether that materialises or not, I, I think, you know, it, it will become the norm that, that people will expect clean uh, premises they'll they'll expect um you know the, the the guidelines to be followed uh and of course in in this world of social media if they're not then that that soon gets around you know the, the various uh, communities very very quickly
0: you're in touch obviously with uh, senior people in government all the time what are you hearing about the next phase of easing
1: probably as much as you are to be honest with you um Clearly, the, the they are following the guidelines, and you know, the, um, I think like to use the term, you know, sort of following the science, and uh, and and that's the right thing to do, you know. So as long as we, we are consistent in that uh, and we're clear in the communication around it, then you know, I don't I don't have a problem with that. No, no one said to me we're opening up next week. Put it that way?
0: But do you think that? our tourism sector, our businesses here on Sky can expect to get something from this season?
1: Again, you know, it's a difficult one to say. I mean, right now, um, you know, we we, we are where we are, sadly, uh, and and we're not encouraging people to, to travel, rightly. If you ask me that question in a month's time, I might have a slightly different answer. I'm personally, and it is only a personal uh, view. I would like to think that come autumn, you know, we'll start to see people moving again.
0: Finally, what would be your message to the hotels, self-caterers, B&Bs, bars, restaurants, sitting in lockdown, pondering an uncertain future?
1: This, this industry has always been a resilient industry and we've got some amazing people who work in, in it uh, in terms of who they are, but also the businesses that, that they've built up. Uh, and one thing that, that's come out of this is a real community spirit where we're all in it together. None of us are unaffected. So I think, I think what, what we are seeing is a collaboration and partnership, which helps in terms of you know, support, it helps in terms of um, just psychologically knowing that you've got people who, who you can talk to and uh, share you know, some of the issues with. And and I I strongly believe we'll come out of this strongly uh, and for the better going forward.
0: Malcolm Ruffhead, thank you very much for your time.
1: Thanks very much, Simon.
0: And that's all for this edition of the Skytime podcast. If you have a subject you'd like me to explore or a guest you'd like to hear from, please email simon at simoncousinsmedia.co.uk. You can also email me if you'd like to sponsor or advertise on the podcast. Until next time, stay safe, stay home, and stay in touch with family, friends and neighbours. Aichiva!